Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this series that's designed to take you deeper and farther in your faith than ever before. We hope that this next series will be an encouragement to you wherever you are in your faith journey. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Will you take a moment to go to branchlife.church and click on this connection card? And if this series speaks to you, we'd love for you to share it on your social media anytime in any way. Just click the link or the share button on whatever platform you are watching. Hey, stay tuned to the end after this talk, and I'll see you then. Good morning. morning. That was a little better. Let's try it one more time. Fantastic. Fantastic. We hope you had a great week. We're glad you're here. Josh just mentioned a minute ago this little booklet. I don't know whether we do a good job getting this out to you or not, uh, but it's our Pray First booklet. It has many topics in it for people to guide their prayer life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we appreciate the fact that we practice pray first. I visited a neighbor this morning early. I knew where he lived, and he was out on his front uh, of his yard. I said, well, I haven't talked with him, so I'm going to talk with him. So I went up, and I told him who I was, and he knew that, and I knew who he was, and I know his brother really well, and that kind of thing, and we were instant friends. And he said, what is going on at that church? How many people did you have last week? I said, oh, around 200, 250. What? Why is that happening? You know what my answer was? Pray first. Pray first. So we want you to be involved in that pray first emphasis. When Josh spoke to me about this opportunity, I thought immediately about some of the times I've preached on prayer for two or three months in a row. Now, we're going to cover those three months today. And the reason I know we're going to cover those three months today is I had this habit for a while, not often. I just write out all the sermons and all the material and all the stuff. So I have a 57 pages of information. And rather than study and make a PowerPoint, I just thought I'd just read to you. Do you mind me doing that? If you have to leave, just raise your hand, and I may or may not dismiss you. But it just depends on the reason why you're, why you're uh, involved in, in, in leaving and going with me. There is a, a sheet of paper that you have been given, and uh, there's actually two sides on two pieces of paper, and we are going to look at that sometime, somewhere, as we're in the Word of God today and looking at it. But I want you to look at the first section of it on the tippy top, and guess what's on the front? God. You ever heard that name before? Or 
was talking to one of our church families the other day, and they said, pray for my son. I said, what shall I pray? He's an atheist. I had an opportunity to talk to him this week. I don't believe in God. Now, we are folks who learned last week our identification is us being in Christ. So all of us who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior are identified by the term in Christ. So as a believer of Jesus Christ, I am standing here bragging about the fact that I am in Christ. Are you? And notice what it says beside the big word God on the upper left-hand corner. It says this. My relationship with God is my personal responsibility. So it's not only fair for me to say, are you in Christ? It's also fair for me to say, how is your relationship of being in Christ moving on? And that's why this next series is so important. Because it's talking about our faith journey. How we're traveling for the Lord as a result of being identified as in Christ. You do know many people play the blame game. Something happens, something doesn't happen, something looks like it's going to happen, and it's not my fault. It's definitely yours. That's how we are. But let me tell you, loud and clear, as written here, your relationship with God is your personality, your personal, your personal responsibility. And we're talking about prayer. And that is a gigantic part of our relationship with God. He speaks to us through his word. We speak to him through our word. It's a two-way street. And our relationship to the word of God and our relationship in prayer are two dynamics that we cannot ever shove to the side and walk away from it. And that's why we have this little booklet, Pray First. And notice the next statement that's there. It says, my relationship with God can be measured by my prayer life. Hmm. How in the world do you measure prayer life? Well, it's time. That may be it. Well, it's topics. That may be it. Well, it's answered prayer. That may be it. So the fair question today is, how is your prayer life? Are you involved with God on a regular basis, hearing from Him through His Word, the Bible, or speaking to Him, sharing your Word? 
Now, I have an article here. You do not have it. It's written by a pastor by the name of John MacArthur. I found it very interesting. It said, R.A. Torrey once said, we should never utter one syllable in prayer, either in public or in private, until we are definitely conscious that we have come into the presence of God and are actually praying to God Almighty. I hope that impresses you. You don't need to pray to me. You don't need to pray to Josh. You need to pray to God. The Almighty God is waiting to hear from you. Did you pray yesterday? How about Wednesday? He goes on to say, prayer is truly an audience with God. Daniel so cherished that audience with his Lord that even the threat of death could not keep him off his knees. Goes on to say, every pagan prays. I think of the multitudes in the theater in Ephesus who for two hours prayed to the idol Diana. Are you aware that Mohammed funeral men, after the funeral, assemble together and repeat Allah el Allah 3,000 times? Are you aware that the Buddhists have been known to write on a piece of paper a prayer, put it in a wheel, and then crank that wheel, crank that wheel, crank that wheel, crank that wheel, and crank that wheel, and every crank is there talking to Buddha. Believe it or not, I've been in Thailand and stood in some of their worship places and walked up and down looking at Buddha that was bigger than this room, and there they were, cranking. Do you know that Jews in Israel today repeat over and over their prayers for hours, bowing up and bowing down before the Wailing Wall and in other places. I've been there. I've watched it. It's amazing. See, hundreds of people up and down, up and down, up and down at the Wailing Wall. And listen what John MacArthur says. And in all these cases, there is no God to hear and answer. For no man comes to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. You did say amen, didn't you? Good. Now think about it. The awesome privilege at any moment on any day to lift up your voice and talk to the all mighty God. Did you pray yesterday? How about Tuesday? Several things I like you to see in the PowerPoint. And I had to make sure, I'm going to have to go like this, okay? 
You could switch that next one for me. Worshiping God is one of the most powerful things we can do. Could you go to the next one for me? Worship God in prayer. Look what it says. Worship is an act where the devout soul presents self before God in humble homage and entire submission. Worship is so conceived, begins in wonder, which depends, which deepens into reverence and is perfected in love. So as you're communing, communicating to God in prayer, there's a, a wonder about the Almighty God, there's a, a reverence and respect for that God, and it develops a love for God and for others. Uh, look, at, look at the outline I've given you. You notice on the front of it, it has a big green prayer, the word says. I hope you have a pen with you or a pencil to write something. Prayer is the language of love. This is not on the PowerPoint. And so what you need to do is to write in that particular space there the word love. Because from our statement about worship, Love is perfected as we have a reverence all for God and a wonder who God is. And we realize that God loves us. Prayer is the language of love. You've heard it said from this pulpit many times. I read it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the great and first commandment. It's not inappropriate for me to say today, are you aware that God loves you? Now here's something to think about. last couple days, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Have you said, I love you to someone? Now, a few of you are going like this. Some of you are looking around. See who's looking. Have you said, I love you to someone? My wife and I celebrated our 57th wedding anniversary very recently. That's a lot of years, isn't it? She's been stuck for a long time. And I don't remember the first weeks or months. <laughs> but I do remember very distinctly talking before we got married. We don't want a day to go by without just saying to each other, I love you. That's 365 days. I mean, that's overboard. And I would be misleading you if I said that happened 365 days for 57 years. 
But we have said I love you to each other many, 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 many times. Did you hear that? Now I want to ask you a very personal question. You ready? When was the last time you postured yourself in such a way That you communicated these words to God Almighty. God, I love you. Didn't I just read to you? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Didn't I just read it? It's a command to love God. I remember the first time I was was brought to my mind. I was uh, finishing Bible college. We had a retreat at a camp. A gentleman by the name of Phil Hook was a teacher. I love Phil Hook, not because he was a good teacher. He was a great softball player. I have to confess that to you. But he said something like this. All of you have been through Phil out of the college of Bible. There's 80 to 100 of you here. All of you are preparing for ministry. And most of you men want to be pastors. He was right on. You just pause for a minute. I'm not asking you to do this. If you told the Lord God Almighty that you loved him today, would you raise your hand? I didn't say that you should do that. I said, that's what he asked us. This is an embarrassing confession. Nobody raised their hand. Wow. Conviction ruled my heart at that minute in time. How in the world can you serve God and not love him? And how in the world can you serve God and never tell him? So I would challenge you to talk about loving God. And just notice what it says there. It says, is, is a barometer of my love for God. You see that question there? Prayer is. Is a means of maintaining and building my love for God. Is vital between me and my Lord, the lover of my soul. All of us in this room can quote John 3.16. Don't do it. I'll do it. And what are the first words? For God so what class? That he what class? Gave his only begotten son. Love is giving. And when you take time during the day to pray, what are you doing? You're loving God. You're giving him your time. I heard a man say the other day that I recommend that none of you get on uh, social media for the first two hours of the day. And then he said, I want you to understand, do not be on social media for the last two hours of the day. Between television and social media, most people don't have time to pray. Dominates our lives, doesn't it? And what's more important? 
texting somebody, watching a TV show, or talking to God. You notice on this sheet of paper it says that attitude of prayer. And I just want you to look at those words that are there. The first one. A devout heart. Lord, I'm seeking your will in my life. Are you with me? Say yes or no. Good. A devout heart. Lord, I'm seeking your will in my life. Most of us are very familiar with the model prayer, with the, uh, the Lord's prayer, with the disciples' prayer. It gives us a pattern of prayer. And when you read that in Matthew chapter 6, before he tells us the prayer, he says, this do. <laughs> I'm telling you how to pray. Our Father, who is art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Thy will be done. That's a tough statement, my friend. Because I know I got my will. And I want to run my life my way. But the word of God says that we are to focus on his will. And I just quoted to you in Bill Park's language in the book of Ephesians. I'm saying Bill Park's language. Bill Park's language is this. Don't be stupid. Understand my will. That's what it says. The will of God. And if we are going to have that kind of attitude, our attitude is, Lord, I am seeking your will. Look at the next one. A humble heart. Do you notice that appears in this little quote here? God in humble homage and entire submission. That's humility. What does it say there? Lord, today I need your help in my life. Now I hope this doesn't offend too many of you. Are you ready to be offended? Do you know the lack of prayer is sin? You say, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, Jesus Christ himself said to pray. Other passages say, pray without ceasing. I hope this isn't too offensive to you. But it's sin. A prayerless individual who says, I'm a person who follows the Lord Jesus Christ, I identify with Christ, I'm in Christ, doesn't pray, is living in sin. Did I ask you if you prayed yesterday? Say yes. Say yes. And notice what that statement says. It says, a humble heart that's a heart that is submissive. It's a heart like the guys and girls sang just minutes ago, surrendered. That's what a humble heart is. 
And the humble heart goes to the Lord and says, Lord, I need your help in my life. Josh just mentioned to you a little bit ago that my wife's dad died uh, Friday morning at 2 o'clock in the morning. The three of us were there. I can't tell you how many times most of us in that room had prayed about Gene Vickers going to heaven. His condition in life was not too pleasant. And although I've never been to heaven, I've read a lot about it. And where he was in his life is much better to be in heaven. We prayed, Lord, please take Pop home. And my prayer was, now. <laughs> now. You see. We as a family needed God. We as a family were praying to God. And there was things that happened all week in people's lives. And it drove many of us to prayer. Because we need Him. A person who does not pray, is a person who's not saying it out loud. That person is saying, God, I do not need you. That's what they're saying. What kind of decisions are you making this week? Or last week? Or next week? Is he going to hear from you about it? You know, life is choices. Choices have consequences. Make the right choices. Don't be stupid and leave God out of it. Notice the last one, a confident heart. Lord, I trust you to display your power in my life. Lord, I trust you to display your power in my life. Now look up here for a couple more PowerPoint slides. Could you do the next one, please? I love this verse of Scripture. Uh, this verse of Scripture is so powerful. It, it, it's what I call a universal God truth. And what is it talking about? It's talking about prayer. Many of you have read it in the past. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Now, there's a context around this verse that's very important. And we're just looking at the core of it. And, and the way it's written, it's ask, and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. I remember a gentleman by the name of Walt Miller standing up in a praise service. He said, I have been praying for my brother's salvation for 50 years. I said, what? 50 years? 
got to be kidding. His next statement was, my brother trusted Christ yesterday. Don't tell me God doesn't answer prayer. 50 years. And that verse is saying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Could you put the next one up, please? Uh, Josh referred to this verse last week. Talking about the first churches. Talking about after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Talking about what the Lord said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And in the context of the beginning of the church, this verse is there. And they devoted themselves, and notice what it says, to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and, not surprising, the prayers. And you move through the book of Acts, and you find this truth, prayers, many, 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 many times. It's obvious that Dr. Luke, when he was writing about what he experienced as the church was being developed, that he recognized that there were certain core things that were indispensable to what the church was to be and do. The apostles' teaching, in other words, the scriptures. Fellowship, we talk about all the time here, better together. Breaking of bread, communion. And the prayers. Could you run the next one please for me? God's will. Is for everyone. In the family of God. To worship God. Every day of the week. And that's what Acts 2.42. Speaks about. So we're not, we're not just talking about communicating to God, we're talking about worship. Where we bow our heart and we bow our bodies, we bow our heads, we bow our minds to a holy God and we pray. For everyone in the family of God to worship God every day of the week. Oh no, I worship on Sundays. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Do you only eat on Mondays? Somehow we manage to eat an awful lot, don't we? But the scriptures are very, very, very clear that as believers in Jesus Christ, we are God worshipers. And how do we do that? We do that through the word of God, and we do that through prayer. Could you put the next one up, please? The word of God is so important. Look what the Bible says. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We need daily to be in God's word. Because God's word, as the Bible says, is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it helps us to be a warrior for God. 
and be what God wants us to be. Could you put the next one up, please? Prayer. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. When has anybody ever walked up to you and said, I want you to know that I sinned? Look what it says. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. As my wife has been going through the stress of her dad's sickness, there are dozens of people in this room that have gone up to her and said, we're praying for you. That kind of statement is so encouraging, is so helpful. To realize that you're going through tremendous trauma. And there are people that love you so much that they stop in their day and they worship and they pray for you. And I look around this room right now and some of you I know very, very well. And Homer's sitting back there. Homer really has an incredible lifestyle at this time as he cares for his wife who's an invalid. Many, many times people speak to Homer and say, Homer, I'm praying for you. Many times people speak to Linda, that's his wife, I'm praying for you. As Scott and Donna are sitting over here. Scott just had cancer service. Their daughter's mother-in-law died this week. Their grandson just had major ear surgery in Hawaii this week. You see what I'm trying to say? You walk around this room, and in this room, right at this very minute, there's very a lot of people who need you to pray for them. You see? And it's very clear what the Bible says. It says here very clearly, pray for one another. Could you put the next slide up, please? Believe it or not, this is a verse in Scripture. You know it as the, uh, the, the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, it's interesting that the word effective is the word in the Greek language, energy. The energetic prayer. The energetic passion. The energetic passionate prayer of all righteous men or women, and the Bible says availeth much in the King James and in the Eastern Standard. And, and the word means this, a righteous man is powerful and mighty. We'll see that verse again. Could you throw another, the next one up, please? Prayer changes me. I'm asking you to raise your hand in a second. Now think about your prayer life. As you have been involved in your prayer life, can you look back in the history of your life, three days, five days, six years, ten years, twenty years, whatever you can. doesn't make any room to talk about. Is there a time when you prayed and you communicated to a holy God and not necessarily did God respond to your particular need at that particular moment. But did that prayer 
have an impact in your life? Did that prayer bring change in your life? If that's happened to you, would you raise your hand? Now, keep them up. This is not a show that your prayers. Almost everyone in the room has their hand up. You can take it down. Prayer changes me. Could you put the next slide up, please? This is in Psalms 25, 4 to 6. 4 to 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. Teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all the day long. What an incredible portion of Scripture. You see all the things that are there? Show me. Teach me. Guide me. <laughs> the psalmist was just appealing to God. And he's appealing to God in prayer. And notice what it says down here in the, the thing that I wrote in here. When God shows me, and I'm learning, he has my heart. When God teaches me, and I'm listening, he has my mind. And when God guides me, he has my hand. I just experienced this this week. Forgive me for using myself as an illustration. Uh, my wife's dad is dying. And she was going back and forth and back and forth, and I did not go in the beginning of the week. And I just said, Lord, give me wisdom. Uh, what should I do? Should I go down? And I said to my wife, do you want, do you want me to come? Yes. <laughs> I said to the caregiver, do you want me to come? Yes. About 10, 15 hours after we got there, we were standing next to him at 2 o'clock in the morning Friday, and he died. I am so glad that I was there for my wife. I was so glad that I was there for the caregiver. And it's amazing how the rest of the family were so glad that I was there. Did I really want to be there? Well, frankly, I have to debate that with you a little bit. Uh, you know, being around death is not my favorite thing. But as a pastor, hardly a week goes by or a month goes by if there's not some circumstance in someone's life dealing with death and dying. And it's interesting, I would think that every person in this room it wasn't last year, it'll be this year that you've experienced a death and dying experience. Pray to God, show me. Pray to God, teach me. Pray to God, guide me. Could you go to the next slide, please? You say, what, what's, the, what's the goal of our time here? Uh, the goal is really simple. To challenge everyone to evaluate their personal prayer life and to build prayer and the Word of God 
as a daily rhythm in my life. That's what I'm asking you to think about. It makes no difference who you are sitting here. It makes no difference where you're sitting. But you're here. And God in his incredible sovereignty brought you here today. And in that circumstance, God is saying, I want to teach you something, sir. I want to teach you something, ma'am. I want to guide you in something. I want you to understand that the Bible teaches that every person who is in Christ has the privilege to worship God every day. The privilege of being in God's word every day. The privilege of praying every day. And so as you've been sitting here this morning, the purpose is just simply to challenge you to evaluate your personal prayer life. To build prayer and the Word of God as a daily rhythm in your life. Uh, Will and I were having lunch the other day. And one of the other guys in the church was with us. And all of a sudden, he said, have you guys ever read the Bible through all the way? I thought that was really an interesting question. Have you ever read the Bible through all the way? And then I said to him, I said, you know I'm a pastor, right? What do you think I've been doing all my life? Yeah, I have read the Bible through all the way. Almost every year. He said, when do you do that? I said, I did it at 6 o'clock this morning. How did you do that? I said, I read so many chapters a day. Will spoke up and said the same thing. He said, boy, that's great. I need to do that. How about you? In the Word? In prayer? Uh, our, our goal this morning is very simple. What's next in your life? What, what journey are you on? Is your faith journey including God's word and in prayer? Could you put the next one up, please? We'll just kind of look at several of these statements. Prayer is entering into the throne room of God, of the living God. Prayer is man's communion with God. Prayer is man's Union with God. Could you flash the next one up, please? Prayer moves the hand of an almighty God. That's astounding. Prayer opens the door to the greatest power in the universe. That's astounding. Prayer is access to the limitless, inexhaustible, timeless resource of the almighty God of all time. And I read those three things. And this is what my heart, this is how my heart responds. Amen, amen, amen. That's how I respond to that. But you guys are dead today. You didn't respond to it at all. So do me a favor. Would you all say amen right now? Amen. That wasn't very good. 
Let's try it one more time. Yeah. Way to go, guys from Sankanak. You bailed me out. <laughs> Could you go to the next one, please? As you look at these sheets of paper, I want you to notice on the second side has the word God on the top, has the word my relationship with God is my personal responsibility, my relationship with God is measured by my prayer life. And then there's a little statement there. It says, are you with me? It's in the green. I want you to repeat when I stop. Prayer involves, what's the next word? Work. Work. You get the impression that I am telling you that it's easy to pray every day. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Satan hates it when you pray. He'll bring every and any distraction he can to stop you from praying, to stop you from start praying. You know who else hates prayer? Your sinful self. The old nature that we have. In the, and, and the old nature fights against prayer. What time am I supposed to be done? Five minutes ago, seriously? <laughs> Should I say amen and let him out? <laughs> seriously? got another hour, gang. <laughs> just, just quickly, very quickly, look at these verses. Look at it, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive. You know what that word means? To labor hard. That's work. Notice the next one. Confess your faults to one another. Pray for one another. That you may be healed. The effectual, energetic, passionate prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I just showed you that one. Look at the next one. It says, continue in prayer. Watch. In the same with thanksgiving, with all mystery, for which I am also in bonds. The last one. Next to the last one. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect or mature and complete in the will of God. And then going back to the Psalms, I sought the Lord, he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of my troubles. Notice what it says on the bottom. I got up one morning. And rushes into the day. I had so much to accomplish. But I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me. And heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me? I wondered. He answered. You didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty. But the day toiled and gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. He said, but you didn't seek. 
I tried to come in his presence. I used all the keys to the lock. God gently loved and chided me. My son, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can speak to you and thank you that you listen to us. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you can take some of the things that we talked about and use them in your spiritual journey. And again, if this has been an encouragement to you, go ahead and share it online. Don't forget before you leave to go to branchlife.church and fill out your connection card. We'd love to hear from you, particularly if you took a step of faith today. We'd love to know that. You can do that all on this connection card online. We hope you'll join us for the next episode as we talk about the next step that'll take you deeper in your faith. Have a great rest of your day.